So welcome everyone to our sixth episode of DNE Takeover, and uh, let's kick it off with our first segment called "Quote of the Week." And basically, in this segment, we're trying to spread some positivity, some positive vibes, because you know why not? And uh, this quote of the week is: "Don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great." Oh, that's a little that's a little deep right there. I'm gonna say it one more time. I'm gonna say it one more time. It says, "Don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great." And that was said by John D. Rockefeller. That's a fire quote right there. He's in our he's in our history textbooks. We learned about him. <laughs> he said he's in our history textbooks. I love that. I love that right there, man. No, that, that, was, cool. that was an awesome quote, though. That was an awesome quote. Thanks. I'm gonna say it one more time. That's it, and we move on. But all right, it's, don't be afraid to give up the good to go for the great. So everyone, you heard don't. it there. Take that quote. And embrace it. Apply it to yourself however it helps, you know? However exactly. you take that. You know what I mean? That, that's the best way to do it. But um, that's an awesome quote right there, David. In other words, guys, don't be afraid. You know, like, like go, go for it, man. If you think – go for the extraordinary. I don't even know what else – I don't even know how else to put it, man. But that's an awesome quote. I love that, man. I absolutely love it. These quotes get me hyped every single week, David. Every single <laughs> week. I look forward to them all the time. But um, – yeah. Without further ado, let's go into our second segment, and we're running the floor, ladies and gentlemen. You guys already know what this is, and uh, basically, we're going to go over, since there's only, usually we go over games, but this is only one game, because it's the NBA Finals, and it's game five, and let's get right into it, and uh, this happened July, Saturday, July 17th, and it was the Milwaukee Bucks against the Phoenix Suns, game five, at at the Suns, at Phoenix, at Phoenix, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, unfortunately, guys... Suns cannot pull it off. And the reason why I said unfortunately is because I want CP3 to win. So that's unfortunate to me. But uh, the score of that game was 123 to 119, the Bucks, And uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo had 32 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. And Devin Booker had 40 points, 4 rebounds, and 3 assists. But before I get deeper into these stats, Eric, I want to ask, like, what was your overall process of this game? Like, what do you think about it? Like, Hey man, this was an absolutely um this this game was entertaining to say to say the least. You know, it was a very entertaining game to watch. Um you know, I'm gonna say this. I have the Bucks winning this series, but I want the Suns to win just like you. So um I will say this. I was disappointed a little bit, you know, like I was shocked the Suns actually lost. You know, that's that is really that's really just that that's really just it right there. But um David, really quick, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. My voice is—you saying that my voice is mad high? I heard in yours sounds very low too. I don't know. Really? What I don't know what's going on with stereo on that point, but like, Eric, I'm not gonna lie to you. It sounds like I'm talking to a two-year-old, five-year-old kid. Yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, you sound mad deep on my end. Really? Yes. Oh man, that's not good. Our, our the audio thing is not working on the stereo up today. But um. Oh wait, people are telling. All right, wait, hold up. People are telling me that my voice sounds high. That's awesome. That's great. Awesome. All right. So <laughs> you keep breaking down the game. I'm gonna figure out this once again because stereo is officially ruined. Ah, again. <laughs> all right, keep going. Oh, it's so funny. But uh, definitely, let's get deeper into these stats. And uh, Milwaukee Bucks, 
Um, they won, ladies and gentlemen, and they had help from their big three. And this is probably the first time this whole postseason, I believe, or at least I've been watching. The big three actually produced good numbers at the same time. And uh, like I mentioned, Giannis had 32 points, nine rebounds, six assists. And uh, he shot 60% from the field, and he shot four for 11 from the free throw. Oh, my Giannis. You're shooting, less, you're shooting a worse percentage at the free throw line than you are from your field goal, so... I mean, we've been saying this all postseason and all regular season. Giannis, you got to work on your free throw. They're free throws. They're free points. And Giannis, you got to work on that in order to improve your game, even though you're on the top already. But let's go. And then you have Chris Middleton, second highest leading scorer of this team, the inconsistent Chris Middleton. And he had 29 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and four turnovers. Four turnovers is a little bit high. But, uh, you know, you can't complain when he's dropping you 29 points. And he shot you above 50%. I mean, efficient? I think yes. And he had 52, uh, shot 52% from the field. He shot 37% from three, which is three for eight. And uh, just another awesome game from Chris Milton, which was well needed in this W because as a way to look, they only, they only won by four points, and they needed this big three to step up, and they did, fortunately for the Bucks. But not only did we stop there, you had Drew Holiday with 27 points. And... Not even that. He had a double-double, ladies and gentlemen, with 13 assists and four rebounds. Three steals, one block, and uh, only two turnovers, which is very surprising. And for anyone who knows, anyone who's been watching the show, they know how much I love that turnover-to-assist ratio. And uh, Drew Holiday had 13 assists and only two turnovers. I'm going to say that one more time. 13 assists and two turnovers. That is absolutely insane. And uh, that turnover ratio, if you divide that by if you divide that by two, that's almost like that's six and a half assists per turnover. So major props to him. Great, he's a huge factor into winning this game. If I I believe he's the X factor of this game, if if I'm not mistaken. But and also they got some help from the bench. You know they got some help by not by a lot of people, but a couple of guys, two guys, and it was Pat Covington, Covington with 14 points. He shot four for six from three. 66%. Absolutely insane for a bench player like Pat. And he had six rebounds. So, shout out to him. He did absolutely insane for this team. And well-needed well bench points for the, the Bucks. But you also had Bobby Ports for nine points and three rebounds. Shot 50% from the three and the field. So, a well-needed uh, bench bench points for the Bucks And a well-needed big three points for this victory against the Suns. Yo, David. Yeah. Does my voice still sound like a chipmunk? Uh, it's still high, but like you know, it's not as high as it was before. Okay, that's because I'm really trying to make my voice deep. I don't know what's going on on my end, but the app is really bugging out because your voice sounds extremely deep for me. I know it doesn't sound like that for anybody else, but for me, it sounds extremely deep. And apparently, my voice sounds like a chipmunk, so I don't. <laughs> I, I might. <laughs> I might have to try to, I don't know, I'm trying to figure out, like, the settings on the app. I don't know what's going on. Stereo's constantly bugging out, but, uh... You know, I, uh, I like it, man. I think it sounds pretty good. What do you mean? I'm <laughs> you literally, David, you, on my end, you sound like a 30-year-old man. Like, I'm not kidding. It's, uh, it's, it's crazy. But the thing is, no one, at least no, no one else hears that, so that's okay. But, um, right. just keep, keep, um, giving your analysis on the, on the, on the game. And ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for this. Um, I just want to reiterate that this is not like us. This is not our doing. This is Stereo's doing. But um, I will try to fix this as soon as possible. All right? Sounds good. But 
ladies and gentlemen, let's move into these Phoenix Suns stats and uh, another great game by people who compared Kobe to uh, this guy and his Devin Booker. He had 40 points, shot 51% from the field. He shot four, uh, two for four from three, which is another, if anyone knows math, that's two over four, and that is 50% from the three-point, and uh, shot 80% from the free throw. And he had four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and one block. Great defense, and only two turnovers. That ratio is there, go, there again, guys. Great ratio right there. But Devin Booker, I believe, Dropped is the first person NBA uh, NBA Finals history to drop back to back forty point uh, forty plus point uh, forty four. Uh, he's back to back forty plus points in uh, the NBA Finals when losing those two two consecutive games with forty plus points. But if that made any sense, but let's move on to the CP three because CP three had a really good game. He was, he was bouncing back from the last rough the rough last two games with like ten plus assists the last two games. Not says ten plus turnovers the last two games, but he had twenty one points, eleven assists, and he shot sixty percent from the field. He was three for three from downtown, so one hundred percent there. And uh, he had two rebounds, eleven assists, like I said before, and he had one block and only one turnover. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm not going to say it again, but you know how much I love that turnover ratio. And uh, but you know didn't stop there because he had good help from DeAndre Ayton too. He had twenty points, double double, ten rebounds, one assist. One steal, two blocks, two turnovers, and shot above 50% with 58% from the field. I mean, just an awesome game for DeAndre Aiden. And I said this before throughout the playoffs. And when DeAndre Aiden scores 20-plus 20, 20 points, they do pretty good. I mean, they get close. But unfortunately for this, against this Milwaukee Bucks team, they cannot get close enough to get this W. But it was a good performance by this this five, the, the, the five starters on this lineup, because you had Jay Crowder with 10 points. I mean, we're not expecting him to produce that much in the points column, but he had 10 points. And you have Mikel Bridges with 13 points, four rebounds, one assist, two steals, one block, and only two turnovers. I mean, it's absolutely awesome. I mean, when you look at those stats, five guys, five guys and double digits, and they're all starters. When you just look at that, you're like, how did they lose this game? How? Like, how is that even possible? Um, hello, David, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you. All right, how does my voice sound? It's better. Keep on getting better. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I, it doesn't sound like this, but I have to talk in a very deep, deep voice for the rest of this show, because I don't know what's going on. But, um, David, do you mind if I join the conversation really quick? Oh, please. All right. So basically, I heard that you were um that you were uh, listing all these stats, and 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 I was listening while it was going on, and um I definitely heard you say right there like how did they lose this game? You know what I mean? And to be honest with you, if you don't mind, I just wanted to touch base on that specific um statement that you made right there. I feel as if they lost this game strictly because of the fact that it was good on the offensive end, but they needed more defensively. Even though, like, like you see, like some players, a lot of players had really good defensive games, but at the same time, the Bucks did as well. You know what I mean? And at the end of the mm-hmm. day, I think they needed to get come up with more um, stops and more possessions. But at the end of the day, as well, I do remember telling you this in the beginning. The reason I picked the Bucks to win this series is strictly because of the fact that, on paper, in my opinion, the Bucks are a better team. 
And in this game right here, it showed that the Bucks were the better team because both teams came out, performed very well on both ends, and the Bucks came out on top. Do you see what I'm saying in that in that in that area? Yeah, I totally understand that. But also, the other reason why this Bill Milwaukee Bucks team won is because the big three. I mean, when you look at Giannis with 32 points, Chris Middleton with 29, and Drew Holiday with 27 and 13. I mean, with those numbers, those three, you can pretty much win very much all the games that you play. Exactly. But imagine if this, imagine if these, uh, this big three produced these numbers the whole postseason. I mean, against that Brooklyn Nets squad, Drew Holiday wasn't having a good night, good the good series. He wasn't, wasn't doing good in the series. But in the other end, I mean, if they all produce these numbers – who knows? Maybe they beat Brooklyn in four. Maybe they beat everyone in four games. They sweep everyone. I mean, just the way that they've been playing is absolutely insane. So they got to keep that up. Uh, also, um, really, really quick, I want to talk about um that last play of the game, man. Come on, like that was the biggest. That was that was the biggest play of the game, and I feel like we got to touch base on it on, in during like during the run the floor segment. Um, for anyone that did it that missed the game, um, Drew Holiday, man, the last possession. Devin Booker has the ball, and Drew Holiday rips it out of his hands. Absolutely rips it out of his hands, then comes down the court and throws a lob into Giannis for a monstrous dunk, basically sealing the deal for them. David, what do you think about that play right there that happened? I say that was a great heads-up play by Drew Holiday, man. I mean, he basically put a mark on his name for this series. I mean... He was just absolutely and, – and if I can say this real quick, I believe he was the X factor of this game. I think we can all I, – I don't even know if we can all agree on that, but that's just my interpretation of it. I think he was the X factor. And to put up a clutch steal at the end of the game and lob it up to Giannis, that was just, that was just like a statement, a statement that the Bucs are not playing around and that they're on a three-game winning streak and they might be – they might make it a four-game winning streak. It's – this is this is a shocker in my opinion to be honest. It's just absolutely I'm I'm completely shocked in the Phoenix Suns, you know. I feel as if I, I know I want the I know I said the Milwaukee Bucks were going to win, but at the end of the day, it's just absolutely like I just wanted CP three to get this W so badly. But um overall, man, you know, you asked me what my opinion is on, the, on this game. I kind of want to hear your opinion. I want everyone else to hear your opinion because you've been going through the stats. But um, overall, what's your what's your take from this game? What really stood out to you the most? And also, I want to ask, how do you feel about the Bucks getting the victory, being the fact that you wanted the Suns to win? Uh, let me start off on that last question. I mean, since the Bucks, lo- since the Bucks won, I feel I'm kind of upset. I'm not going to lie because I always want, I want CB3 to get that – get that his first NBA title underneath his belt and on his resume and adding it onto his legacy. But I mean, when you look at the Suns team, they were all playing good. They were all playing very good. Like you had CP three with 21 points, 11 assists, double, double, uh, Devin Booker did 40 plus points with 40 points and four rebounds, three assists, two steals, one block. And Deandre Aiden had 20 points with 10 rebounds, double, double. And it's not even like no one it dropped off from there. You still had Mikel Bridges with 13, Jay Crowder with 10, Cameron Payne, six. Cameron Johnson, six. And Torrey Craig, three. I mean, those numbers alone just show how good the, the, the Phoenix Suns were. I mean, they shot 68% from three. This team did very good all together at once. I mean, and if this is Phoenix Suns playing at their best and Milwaukee Bucks 
I'm not saying they didn't play at their best, but they did they did what they needed to. They did what we kind of expected them to be because they're big three. Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis. I mean, we all know it hasn't been going like that throughout the postseason, but we expected the big three to produce numbers like this. And if they can continue to produce numbers like this, they I'm gonna, I hear it hurts. I hate to say this, but the Phoenix Suns are gonna lose the next game if they can if they play exactly like this in this next game. But I want to say something. The player of this whole game, people might say, "Oh, look at Giannis with 32 points, almost a near triple double," or Chris Middleton shooting above 50 percent with 29 points, or even Devin Booker. I know he lost, but he still had 40 plus points. CB3 had a double double, 21 points. My my X factor, like I said before, my player of the game is Drew Holiday. I mean, he's the most complete player on this team. When you have 27 points, he shot 60% from the field, uh, 50% from three, three for six, and he had four rebounds, 13 assists, three steals, one block, and only two turnovers. I mean, I said this before, but he was the most complete player from start to finish. And you can look at complete from the point section, how efficient he was from shooting, his assist column, and even his defense. The whole package, uh, Drew Holiday had that game, and he was the reason why he, they won this game. You know, I honestly like, completely agree with you in that point. I truly believe Drew Holiday was the absolute X factor of this game, and um, he's, he's a sole reason why they won, won this game. Now, I'm not going to go ahead and say he's the only reason why they won this game because, you know, clearly the stats say that uh, like Giannis contributed, um, Chris Middleton contributed, and also, to mention, like, I know it wasn't the biggest con- contribution, but um, Pat Connington still had some decent points off the bench. So, overall, I do agree with you in that statement right there, man. I definitely do agree with you in that statement. Uh, uh, but, Eric, I want to ask you one question real quick before we move on and before we yeah, go into our predictions. Game fives, we all see in game fives are crucial in any situation, playoff situation, even NBA Finals. Game fives, especially when the series is tied, is a crucial, crucial game. In any sport, in hockey, in any any sport you can think of, game fives are very crucial, especially when the series is tied. Now, everyone was pretty much expecting, or not everyone, but some people were expecting the Phoenix to win at home. Because, you know, they're at home, they got the advantage, they got the crowd, and that might have that might have pushed them above the the Bucks and going in in the three two series because game five is so crucial. Now, since the Bucks won, how are you looking at the rest of the series? Are you thinking the Suns are going to win game six, or are they going back to? Are they going? Uh, are the Bucks taking it at home? You know, David. Um. Ah, oh my gosh! If if the Suns, I honestly think the Bucks are going to steal it in game six. Oh man! You know, it's gonna. They're home. It's the one chance. They, it, it's the one chance that they have to do it, and it'd be perfect to do it at home. If the Suns do have somehow win or do somehow win this game, um, it's going to be something special. It's we're gonna either see a monster game or a monster performance from CP3 or a monster performance from Devin Booker. And when I say monster performance, I'm talking like 50 points from Devin Booker. You know what I mean? Like it's going to be something for the ages, something that we are going to remember for years if it is possible to get it done. But um, I don't know. I think Giannis is on a mission, and I think everyone else is on the mission with him. So it's going to be very hard to take down this uh, this Milwaukee Bucks team. But, um, yeah, I think the Bucks are going to take it, man. I don't know. I just think uh, the Bucks are going to take it. 
But, That's um, unfortunate, man. That's unfortunate. Ladies and gentlemen, you heard it. Oh, my goodness. I hope it doesn't happen. CP3, Devin Booker, I hope you're listening right now. Come on, guys. Score 60 yeah, wake points. Up. What's wrong with you guys? Score 60 wake points up, man. Each. Score wake 60 up. points each. Oh, but but um, we need we, – not even, not even, you know, I take that back. Not even wake up. I would say more or less – just we we need something special, man. We're gonna they're gonna need a miracle, and they're gonna need a they're gonna need a fat they're gonna need a fast, cause this team this Bucks team is finally clicking, and it's, and they're coming together, and it's not looking good for the Suns. It they did it for the Suns, and the Bucks did it at the right time when needed. But yeah, I mean, that, how much can you ask for Devin Booker? He had forty points in the back to back losses. Uh but, crazy, you know, crazy. And if this is the best Suns team. Uh, I'm kind of scared for game six, not going to lie. But, you know, crazier things have happened. Maybe Suns come back and win it in seven. I don't know. We'll see what happens, though. And really quick, David, before um, before we move on to the um, to the next like segment, before you introduce it to us, I do want to say really quick for everyone that's listening, thank you, for, thank you for popping out. And also, if you have not already subscribed to the show, please do subscribe to the show and give us a follow on the Stereo app. Um, and also feel free to share the show to anybody that you know that loves sports and anything like that. And stay tuned because we will be talking about more sports as the show goes on. So we'll, we'll branch off into different things. But really quick, David, I do want to say this. Um, being the fact that, you know, um, we have a lot of people that listen to this show. And I feel as if even like since I know this information, I feel like it'd be nice, you know, a little spread some positivity. But someone in the building today has a birthday. Today is their birthday. And that um is Javi Javi Reyes or J Ray right here. Oh, so I do, do want to shout him out really quick. Happy birthday to you, man! I hope you're having a great day. And he's still listening to the podcast as well. So you know, I really, really oh really man, shout out to him, man. man. Exactly shout out to him. on his birthday, man. We appreciate you, exactly. J Ray. Happy birthday, man. Hope you have a good one. So we hope you're having a great one, man. And I just wanted to quickly shout that out really quick. But let's keep it going, man. Let's keep it going, David. Appreciate it, Eric. Shout out to J Ray. Happy birthday again. But uh. Without further ado, Eric, I think we got to move on to our predictions because I feel like yep. people are, are waiting for this because, you know, it's so close in the prediction game. But, yes, uh, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get into this prediction game. So for anyone who doesn't know, me and Eric, we run this prediction game. And basically on our Monday podcast, we go over we go over predictions that happen on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then on our Thursday podcast, we go over the predictions that happen on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So since today is Monday... We're going to go over the prediction. Since there's only one game that happened in the last four days, and that's Saturday, July 17th, the NBA Finals Game 5, we're going to go over that prediction that we made. And uh, I'm going to go over Eric's prediction. See, now, live live score right now, live count. The Oracle David, me, is uh, winning over Easy e 78-76. to 76. No! And uh, we like that. Let's see if we can take that three-point po- three lead. No, but, no, 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 no. <laughs> but uh, let's see Eric's stats real uh, Eric's prediction real quick, ladies and gentlemen. So Eric predicted that the Phoenix Suns were going to beat the Milwaukee Bucks 108 to 105. And I'm sorry, but I cannot give you a point for that. You also said Chris Milton was going to have less than 25 points. And, oh, my uh, God. He had 29. So Come on. I cannot give you a point for that. And – you also said Devin Booker was going to have less than 35 points. Come and on! I'm sorry, but Devin Booker had 40 points. I mean, oh, that's heartbreak, Eric. That's heartbreak. You go 0 for 4. I cannot give you any points for that. I'm sorry. 
Oh my gosh, that's basically the series almost. That's basically the series. We have no, we basically have like no more games left. Oh no, I'm gonna <laughs> lose. <laughs> oh, oh, well, let's go ahead. Without further ado, let's go ahead and read David's predictions really quick. Um, David predicted that the Suns were going to beat the Bucks 117 to 109. And unfortunately, like you said before, the Bucks um, came out on top. But you did predict that Giannis would have a 30 point double double. And unfortunately, I can't give you that one as well. Huh. He did have the 30 plus points, but he did not have the double double. He missed Thanks, the Giannis. Rebound. Thank you. David, no need to fear my guy because you know what? Your main man, Chris Paul, had your back, man. He had your back. Um, you predicted that Chris Paul would have less than five turnovers, and uh, he had one turnover. So you you do come out with one point, and the score is officially 79 to 76. Three-point lead, baby. With possibly one game left. Possibly one game left. So realistically, David, in order for me to, to win this, right, I need to get all four, and you you need to get all four wrong for the next game. And pretty much. And also, like, or, and or we go to a game seven somehow. I don't know what's going to happen, but um, we're going to keep it going, man. And with that being said, David, are you ready to go into the, um, the prediction for this upcoming game on Tuesday? Let's do it. All right, man. Well, I'm going to go ahead and listen to you first. The next game, tomorrow, July 20th on Tuesday at 9 p.m., Oh, well, yeah, 9 p.m. Um, the Phoenix Suns will versus the Milwaukee Bucks for game six in Milwaukee. So, um, David, go ahead and give me your prediction, man. You know, like I said before, even though the Bucks played awesome with their big three, and I said if they continue to do that, then we're going to say bye to the Phoenix Suns and the Bucks are going to win it, their first trophy in over 50 years. But I don't think that's going to happen yet. I don't even know if it's going to happen because Whoa. I got CB3 and Devin Booker taking this Phoenix Suns team winning at Milwaukee. So I got the Suns winning 116 to 109. What the heck? Yeah, I went there. I went there. I don't think they're going to go down without a fight. They're not going to go down without a fight. And uh, I think our, our, our boy, CP3, is going to have a great night. 25 plus points. With okay, with uh, I'll do six plus assists. That's a good prediction, right there. That's a good prediction. And uh, you know, I, I said this guy was the X factor, and he truly was. And I'm gonna go Drew Holiday's have a good game, he's gonna have a good game as well. And I think Drew Holiday's gonna have plus 20 points with, with uh, you know, seven plus assists. Oh, so are you saying that Drew Holiday possibly could have a better game than CP3? It's possible, but, you know, even though he was the X factor in that game five, I still think inconsistent Chris Middleton's not going to do his – not going to pull his load. He's not going right. to do it. So, All right, well, you ready for my prediction? Let's my, do it. For the first time ever I'm on DNA Takeover History and, like, in a little bit of, like, a combination of me, me at the rim, you know. Um yeah. I'm gonna, it's going to be the first four for four, man. It's going to be the first four for three. Oh. I'm calling it right now. I'm no. calling it right now. Um, oh. with, with that being said, man, here we go. I got um, I got the Milwaukee Bucks winning 
taking the championship. Unfortunately for CP3, but I got the Milwaukee Bucks taking it. Um, the score will be one twenty to one fifteen. Close game. One twenty to one fifteen. Yep. Giannis will have thirty plus points. Okay. And mm, ah, this is rough. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go with DeAndre Ayton. We'll have let you know you're not gonna like this prediction. Oh. Um, we'll, we'll have less than twenty points. Okay. Uh, you know, well, I think I. I... I think that's a crucial – I think DeAndre is a crucial part of that Suns winning because if DeAndre Aiden scores above 20 points, I believe the Suns guaranteed to win. Yeah. So. Um, well, there it is, man. There it is. Those are the predictions locked in, ladies and gentlemen. Um, feel free to send in any audio message of your own and give us your prediction for game six, man, and we'll write it down for you if you, if you want us to. So Yeah, definitely. Um, give us your prediction for game six, and we want to hear your thoughts, man. We want to hear your thoughts. But, um, David, really quick, how has my voice been sounding? I want to check it really quick. You know, it's, it's been sounding good. It's better. It's, not, it's still a little higher than your normal voice, but, you know, it's not terrible. It's not like I'm talking to a chipmunk, you know what I mean? Okay, so I have to keep talking. Okay. All right, thank you. So, right. it's like, you know, like, you know the movie uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks? <laughs> Alvin! <laughs> David, you can't make me laugh because then my actual normal voice comes out. And then it's going to sound like a chipmunk. <laughs> uh, it's funny but you know what i realized eric by doing these prediction games for the last several months if not more what's up that it's harder going four for four in a prediction game and by four for four ladies and gentlemen i mean getting the team that won right the actual score of both teams right and each of your player predictions for both teams right i'm saying it's harder to go four for four than winning the lottery well, I'm thinking. I, I'm thinking that, David. I can't laugh, bro. I'm gonna <laughs> sound like a chipmunk. You can't yeah. do that, man. Oh my gosh, I was letting it lose too. But um, <laughs> you know what? Just for everyone listening right now, just for everyone listening right now, I'm gonna go ahead and talk in normal voice, just so you guys can understand how bad this is. Just so you guys can understand how high my voice sounds, really quick. But um, it's. Overall, man, it low key is. It low key is. It, it, it is. It's probably high. It's probably harder than the lottery. So, so With, if you get four for four, that means you're gonna win the lottery. And remember who your best friend <laughs> is. Okay. But, but without further, oh, man. Oh, man. but without further ado, let's get into our next segment. And it is. I like this one. I believe Eric likes this one, and I believe you guys like this one. If you don't. And you know where our Instagram is. And DM us that you don't like it. Or just keep it to yourself. But uh, <laughs> but uh, let's go on to this. Big deal or not a big deal. And basically the rules are very simple, ladies and gentlemen. It's basically me and Eric give topics back and forth about any sport. And uh, we say whether it's a big deal or not a big deal. That's it. Very easy. So, Eric, I'm going to go first if you don't mind. No problem. Not, no problem at all. And this one is soccer. And uh, oh. it's USA. USA, USA. Oh my! Oh my goodness! USA men's soccer wins the group 
in the Gold Cup. Big deal or not a big deal? Not a big deal at all. Not a big deal. Really? Um, yeah, no, no, no. Because I'm gonna, and this is why I'm going to explain it to you really quick. First off, the U- you know what? It's kind of the middle. It's kind of the middle. Like, like um, but I'm going to go ahead and say not a big deal. Because the USA is always expected to dominate in the in this in this area, you know they're always expected to qualify for the World Cup, obviously. But we're talking about the Gold Cup, and they're always expected to get to the final for the Gold Cup. So um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna go ahead and say not a big deal because we expected this from them. But at the same time, it is a big deal in a sense that the fact that um the USA the USA soccer team. If you guys have looked at the roster, this is not the best team that we can put out there. No way. Not even close. So the fact that the fact that we have a second squad basically still in a in a sense dominating the gold cup says a lot about US soccer. So that's there there it is right there. Yeah, well said. I mean I'm gonna have to I mean, I'm on the fence with it as well. I can see a big deal and not a big deal for both of this. But it's a big deal because I think it's good for USA soccer and basically because they don't have their best roster on the field or on the pitch. It's not their best, not their best, like their best lineup, but, and they're still winning the group. I mean, I know the group is filled with Haiti and I think Martinique, but, and uh, Canada, but still to win it with your second, second squad in a sense. But without being said, you know, we all know United States is going into the next, the quarterfinals. And they have a chance of versus uh, Costa Rica or Jamaica. Now, Eric, I want to ask you a question about this. Who do you think is the harder opponent to, to verse? And as a USA fan and living in America, we all want to see USA win. Fair enough. But who do you think is the easier matchup for for United States? The easier matchup? Uh, or the, the best States. chance of advancing? Oh, the best chance of advancing? Um, they won versus Jamaica. Without a doubt, in my mind. They want to versus Jamaica. Not saying that Jamaica is extreme, like, not saying Costa Rica is extremely better than Jamaica, but, of course, in my opinion, and through past years of qualifications and all of that, um, from what I've seen, Costa Rica are better than Jamaica, and um, Costa Rica have proven that they can play at a high level at any given moment. So I, for USA, I want to versus Jamaica without a doubt. What do you think? I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I just think when you look at, I think Costa Rica is a little bit more faster paced in there. And they're on, they're like, they're like the Spanish soccer, you know, the Central American soccer. They're like very, we all know how their style is. They're very aggressive and they're very fast moving with the ball. So, I mean, I like how Costa Rica plays. And I just think that overall they have a better squad than Jamaica. So in the end, I, if I'm USA, I would rather verse Jamaica. But, you know, I think the game's on tonight, right? If I'm mistaken. Uh, I'll double check that right now, but I believe you're correct. What's like the you? Jamaica, Jamaica's versing some team and Costa Rica's versing some team. So whoever wins that wins the division, basically. Basically, right, right there. Let me go ahead and check that really quick. And... Wait, not tonight, not tonight. I'm, it's to uh, Costa Rica. Tomorrow, we got games for Costa Rica and Jamaica. Costa Rica's versus Jamaica. Tomorrow. Okay. Yeah, but um, uh, Dave, you bring you bring up the Gold Cup, and you know, you know, I love like you know, I I support USA um in the Gold Cup, but I also support Panama, you know, because my family's from there. Um, and 
it's not looking so hot right now for them. You know what I mean? It, it's never over. It's not over yet, though. It is. It is very true. You know, it's not over just yet, but um, it's not looking so great for them right now. And I feel as if you know, being the fact that you brought the gold cup, I feel like we should go through the gold cup really quick and talk about it. Like, just talk about the groups in general. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you don't mind, I'm gonna go ahead and go through Group A. Group A is already um, is already determined. Mexico will go through with num um at, and win the group with um the first place position with seven points. And El Salvador, in my opinion, a still a sleeper in this tournament, right? Because in my opinion, I had Trinidad going through. But El Salvador will go through in the second place position with six points right behind Mexico. Um, very good performance from them. Um, and then in Group B, um, Group B, like you just said, is already um, is already settled. The USA at the top with a perfect nine points. And then in the second place with Canada with um, six points. And then Group C and Group D are, are yet to be determined. So with that being said, David, basically, um, well, Group C actually is determined. Group C will have Costa Rica, Jamaica, like you said. Um, we just need to see who goes first and who goes second. Um, I want to ask you really quick, David. Quick prediction: Who's winning that game tomorrow, Costa Rica or Jamaica? Ah, mm, uh, I don't know, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be close. I'm gonna have to admit, but I'm gonna have to go with Costa Rica. I just, like I said before, I like their style of playing, and I just think they're gonna not dominate, but it's gonna be very close. I think it's either be one nil, one nothing. Or 2-1. It's going to be like a one-goal difference. We'll just say that between these two. Okay, okay. And, um, ah, my goodness. So, Group D, ladies and gentlemen, like you, like I said before, I'm rooting for Panama to get through this. And um, right now, Honduras is top with six points. They are guaranteed to go through. Whether it's first or second, they will go through. Um, Qatar is in second with four points. And Panama is in third with one point, leaving Granada down at fourth. They can no longer qualify. Now, David, tomorrow, Panama will face Granada and Honduras will face Qatar. I need your predictions for these games, David. What okay. are you thinking? Who's going through? Who's going to verse Mexico and who's going to verse El Salvador? Eric, I think you're going to be very happy about these predictions. Oh, my goodness. And I'm not. I'm not just saying this because you're you're my my friend and my co-host. I'm not saying this. I'm saying this because it, about soccer, based off of soccer play, and I think Panama Panama have a good a very good chance of making that qualification, making that second second place spot. Because when you look at this, it's not like Qatar is versus Granada for their last game. Qatar is versus Honduras, and they've won both of their games against Panama and Granada, and I think they will win against Qatar. By how much? I don't know. It's got to be more than at least two. It's got to be two plus goals more. Just so Panama, can, Panama has to score another, like, if, they, if, if, if Honduras beats Qatar 2 nothing, then Panama has to score at least three, three plus goals against Granada, which I think is possible because Granada let up eight goals in the last two games. So That is very true. And they haven't scored any either. Yes. So, hopefully, Qatar managed to beat them 4 nothing. Um, We tied Qatar, Panama tied Qatar. So, hopefully, Panama can pull up with uh, amazing, amazing performance. But it's going to take a miracle, man. It's going to take a miracle to, be, to um, really get through. 
But um, we'll see what happens, man. And you know what yeah. sucks? You know what sucks the most? No matter what, if we get through, we're going. We're gonna have to see Mexico first round. No, that's right. Mexico, Mexico. <laughs> that, yeah. that's, that's a tough match. I'm not gonna lie. Mexico has improved since the first game. Remember when they drew against Trinidad and everyone was yes. like, "What is going on?" Mexico basically said, "Like, we're not talking about that, guys. We're not talking about the game anymore, guys. We just won the last two games and we won the first place." So I think Mexico's back on track. Definitely, definitely. I love that take right there. But um, little little Gold Cup action for you guys. You know, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty awesome. A little soccer slash like football for you guys. But um, football. Yeah. What's it, what's it called, David? Do you mind if I go into my um first topic? Please, let's do it. All right. So, um, I got a little bit of basketball here for you, and um, it's um big deal, not big deal. Ready? Here we go. The Rockets offered Eric Gordon and a late first rounder to the Pacers for the number thirteen pick. Big deal, wow. not big deal, David. Big deal, not big deal. So Eric Gordon and a late first round pick for for uh, for their number thirteen pick in the first round of this year. Yes. Is that correct? Yes. I feel like Pacers win that. If I'm not, if I'm being honest, I mean, I think the the Indiana Pacers win that trade just because they're getting a first round pick still, and they're adding a veteran player like Eric Gordon. I mean, I don't know how old he is, but he's been a veteran throughout the years. He's at least played a, a six-plus years. And when you look at this Indiana Pacers squad, and me and Eric, we've talked about this in previous episodes of the podcast, and we said this team is going to be very, very good in the future because I'm going to go over this, this roster real quick. They have a young, young talent. And you got Devonta Sabonis, who is an upcoming star in this, in this league at Power Forward. You got Malcolm Brogdon. It was just a very consistent. He could be consistent, inconsistent. He's like a Chris Middleton. He can produce good numbers, but he can also, but he's still a good player, very good player. And you got our boy, Eric, Chris, uh, not Chris Middleton, sorry, Karis LeVert. <laughs> I was thinking about Chris Middleton. <laughs> yeah. Karis LeVert, who has just improved his game tr- uh, tremendously since he left Brooklyn, and uh, props to him. But he, he's going to be another. He's going to be a, a great leader for this team next year. And uh, you got Miles Turner still on this team, who's a great defensive player. And uh, TJ Warren, who's been out for last year due to a, a foot injury, is going to be back this year. I mean, and you got Brissett, you got Doug McDermott, you got TJ McConnell, the, the, I think one of the, the best, uh, like, six men or, if, like, bench players behind, like, bench point guards behind Jalen Brunson and all those other people. But and you got Justin Holiday. I mean, the, Aaron Holiday, the list goes on and on and on. So when you look at this team and you add Eric Gordon, I don't expect Eric Gordon to start because I expect it to go Malcolm Brogdon, Karis LeVert, TJ Warren, Devonta Savonis, and Miles Turner to be a starting lineup. But look at this bench if you add Eric Gordon. You got TJ McConnell, Doug McDermott, O'Shea Brissett, Eric Gordon, and uh, add someone else in there. I don't even care. Aaron, Justin Holiday. I don't care. Add anyone else. That bench is really good. I'm I'm trusting that bench to produce quality minutes and quality points. But and they still and in that trade, you said they get a first round pick too. So they Indiana Pacers they trade their first round pick to get another first round pick and a veteran player. I mean, I would take that in a heartbeat. It's not like Eric Gordon's a bad bad player. He's not like he's getting older. I mean, he's getting older, but his quality—he's just shooting. He's a shooter. His quality of his shot is still there. So I think. 
that's an awesome trade, and they got to take it. That is that is very true. Now, also, but there is something that we do need to factor in. Um, Eric, I don't know what Eric Gordon's contract looks like. Ah, uh, the money. I don't. <laughs> um, I don't know what his contract looks like, but um, I I I would, I'm I'm gonna try to look into that really quick. But um, overall, that could be a reason why they might not accept. And also, I know we're talking about like the Pacers winning that and all, but I think that also might help out the Rockets in a sense because I believe the Rockets are basically trying to build um a, a young young core to grow with at this point. And I think having Eric Gordon on the being the fact that they already have John Wall and a vet, um a, a very good veteran um in in his own right, I feel as if they um they no longer need Eric Gordon. In other words, you know. And that mm-hmm. would help out the Pacers and a little bit of the bench unit, and they still and they still do get a young player, just not as good, I guess you could say. But we don't know that because it depends on who puts in the work, you know. Yes, but, yes, yes. But overall, we'll see what happens, man. We will see what uh, happens. I mean, we to get about the contract real quick. I just I, I saw I, I saw it real quick, and he's got he, he signed a deal, a four year, seventy five million dollar contract with the Houston Rockets, see, and like, uh, fifty four million dollars guaranteed. That's an average annual salary of $18 million a year. Uh, Eric Gordon, you're 32 years old, man. You got you to gotta take a pay cut. You got to take a pay I, cut. Gotta. I don't know if I'm to pay Eric Gordon that much money to come off the I bench. Mean, yeah. I, I, only, I would take him only if you take a pay cut. That's the only reason why I'm taking you. But I don't think he's going to want to do that at all. And, you know, the Houston Rockets have to pay him. So the Pacers might not take that, you know, because they still have a good team. And they can yeah. build off. They don't really need Eric Gordon, I guess you could say, in that case. And also, not to mention, they're trying to trade for the number thirteen pick, which means the Pacers have the number thirteen pick. You know what I mean? So, yeah. realistically, like, do they need to have that trade, or do, do they? It's 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 fifty fifty, man. It's fifty fifty. Yeah, I know, definitely. But um, um but uh, wait, I, a little fun, a little fact, real quick, right? I was looking at Eric Gordon's like bio and all that stuff. He was born on Christmas, and oh. uh, yeah, December twenty fifth, nineteen eighty eight. And guess where he was born? When was you? You said wait, what happened? Where? Where? Guess where he was born? Let me guess, Indiana. Indianapolis, Indiana. So there it is. Another reason why he should go. Uh, why he should go to Indiana. But. He's tired of living. He's probably tired of that. He's tired of that 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 uh that life down in that life down in what is it called? Houston? Yeah, Houston Rockets. And down in Houston, I life down in Houston. But without further ado, Eric, that was a good one. That was a good one. Thank but I got my next one, and it is also basketball. And uh it's about Team USA. Team USA. Uh-oh. They've had struggles. They lost their first two games in the, the exhibition games, but they won their last three. So, my big deal, not a big deal, is USA's win against Spain, the last one before they go into the Olympic group stage. Is that a big deal or not a big deal? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say big deal because I believe any win is a big deal. You know, it, it boosts confidence in the players and it makes them want to keep winning. So I believe that is a big deal. 
And also, I believe they need that win, being the fact that, you know, a little shaky start, a little shaky start. But I believe that this team um, is ready to go into Olympics. They are officially ready to get, get it done and get the job done and get us that gold medal that we expect, you know. Um, but other than that, man, I, I think it's a big deal. That's all I really have to say on that topic, to be honest. What do you think? Yeah. And to reiterate, the score was Team USA won 83 to 76 in the win over Spain on Sunday. But I think it's a big deal as well just because they won their last three games and it goes to show that USA found the rhythm. I mean, I mean, it's been tough since they have new players. Some people had COVID and all that, so they had to go back. But I feel like hopefully they settled and uh, they can win. They can win. They can win that gold medal for the United States, man. That'd be awesome. Yeah, man. And also, um, you brought up the you brought up like the COVID issues with with the team and all that. I will actually get into that into some of my big deal, not big deals. Um, actually, do you mind if I just get into it right now? Let's do it. Yeah, let's because we're already on the topic, man. Um, we'll start off with um. Bradley Beal having to be replaced, um, be be replaced on the net on the USA, um, the USA team because of safety protocols. Big deal, not big deal. I mean, that's a tremendous deal. That's bigger than a big deal. That's a tremendous deal. Just because we all know Bradley Beal is a sharpshooter. He's like a mini Curry in a sense. It's not like Curry. I mean, just the way he's his ranges and how much how consistent he is in making shots. But I just think when you have superstar players and you miss one of the superstar players, it's still a big deal. But then again, it's also not a big deal because you have other superstars on the team. You know, so like they help recoup that loss, but it's still a big loss because you're losing a great player in Bradley Beal. Basically, I, I completely agree with you on that. But um, David, if you don't mind, being the fact that I just asked that, I'm just going to rapid fire like two more, two more at you because it's just on the topic of it, and then I'll let you go. Into your other big deal, not a big deal, and then we'll like we'll keep flipping flopping. But um, sounds good. Rapid fire, lightning round. Let's do it. Yeah, light, lightning round. You remember that? Track? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh yeah. Shout out to, shout out to Tracks Brothers. But yeah. Um, <laughs> move, move, moving on. Um, I'm gonna package these two into one into one big deal, not a big deal. Um, topic. Kevin Love and well, no, Kevin Love actually. Let's just do Kevin Love by himself. Kevin Love withdrew. From the Olymp- from the Olympic team, big deal or not a big deal? Uh, oh man! Oh no! Don't do Kevin Love dirty here, man! Don't do Kevin Love dirty. I don't know, man. I'm gonna say, uh, I'm gonna say not a big deal. And the reason is the reason being is that we haven't really seen a lot from Kevin Love in performance wise in the last year or two. But it's also it is a big deal because Kevin Love is known as a superstar. I mean, you can still put up consistent points for the team, but he's not a bigger deal than Bradley Beal leaving. We'll just say that. I'll, I'll leave it off like that. That is, hey man, if you're comparing Kevin Love to Bradley Beal, well then you're 110% right. He's most certainly not a big, a bigger deal than uh, Bradley Beal. I completely agree with you in that sense. But also, I feel as if this is one of the most recent new, recent, um, most recent things that happened for Team USA. Are you ready for this one? Uh, what happened? Zach Levine will not be able to travel to Tokyo with Team USA because of health and safety protocols. Big deal Ugh. or not a big deal? Another one? Another, Another one. one, man. Another one. I sound like DJ Khaled. You know, shout out to DJ Khaled. But <laughs> uh, uh, another person down with 
health and safety protocols. Oh my, this has to stop. This has to stop. But, but on real talk right now, I mean, it's a huge deal because we all know who Zach Levine is. And if for anyone who doesn't know, just search up Zach Levine on YouTube and watch his highlights because the guy is absolutely insane. And he, or watch his bunk contest against Aaron Gordon. You can watch that too. Very good. But Zach Levine is a phenomenal young player with his Chicago Bulls team. But it's a shame, it's a shame that not even for like the team, but just for them as individuals, like now they can't participate. They can't participate in the Olympics and win a gold medal. So it's a shame for for both the team and the players. Terrible, man. I honestly, that must be one of the. I feel bad for Zach Levine in this case very a lot because you know this is this is they basically played the last game already, and all of a sudden now he can't play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's just it's so late, and he was just getting ready to play for the national team, and then this happens. You know, and it's really unfortunate for him to miss out on such a great experience. But what I doubt, I feel as if he will most definitely be be back for when the next Olympics happen. So, but unfortunate for Zach Levine here. Very unfortunate. For you know, yep. I I do I do wonder though. I wonder if the USA win a gold medal or a medal in general, does Zach Levine get that medal? I don't know. I think we got to be on the roster. I, actually, you know that might be a good question. You, you huh. know, like I I feel like I mean he is on the roster because he was on the roster technically. You're right. You're right, but, but I'm I'm not sure. I don't man. know. If anyone knows that, I mean, you can you can DM us on Instagram. And I'm gonna say it again: official underscore de underscore takeover. You can DM us our answer because we have no idea, or just send in a video a video message because we have no idea. But exactly, and you else? guys can teach us something. But uh, with that, that said, David. yeah, go ahead, David. Go ahead. You got another? You got another one, or am I free? Am I good to go? No, you're good to go. I just wanted to, right. since we were on that topic, I wanted to cover that. No, that's good. That's good. So, Eric, I got a big deal, not a big deal. It's it's basketball. It's about this NBA Finals, Game 5. And uh, history was made. Well, it wasn't really history. Well, kind of was. But <laughs> but uh, the big threes, I'm gonna, it's a big deal, not a big deal. The big threes performance in Game 5. Straight up. Straight up like that? Just like that. I'll get into more detail after you after you answer that. Um. Well, with that being said, man, a humongous deal for that. A hundred and ten percent humongous deal from the big three. And the reason being is because you know when they play like that, like I said before, and I'll say it again, when the Bucks play their full potential, they are better than the Suns on paper. They are a better team than the Suns. The reason. The Bucks. The reason the Bucks were struggling is because they had certain players that weren't stepping up. You know, like Chris Middleton in the beginning was not having a good. In the beginning of the playoffs, was not having a good series at all. Was not having a really good series, but then he slowly started to pick it up. And also, Drew. Same thing with Drew Holiday. But they all had amazing scoring nights, and Drew Holiday had an amazing defensive night. And overall, man, this Bucks team is truly, truly a a a good, a really good, well assembled team, man. But big deal for sure. What do you think? Uh, I agree with you 100%. I think it's a huge deal. Just because I feel like this is the first time throughout the whole postseason that we've seen the Milwaukee Bucks, big three, or, or even as a team as a whole, all play well at the same time. And it's scary to see that, that potential, that, that, that play that they, that they play with. I mean, they do that against the Phoenix Suns. And Phoenix Suns did not do terrible, ladies and gentlemen. They did very good as well. Just going to show how much, 
higher the level of the game is when three of the, the big three in the Bucks are playing. But but the reason why I ask you that is uh of course you know it's a huge deal because they won the game. But there's there's some there's some uh, stats statistics around that, and uh, I'm gonna read you it real quick, everyone. And it says Giannis Antetokounmpo, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton are the fifth trio in NBA Finals history to each record 20 points on 50% shooting in a game. They are the first to do this since James Worthy, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Magic Johnson in 1985. So it's been a while. Oh my, that's an awesome stat to have right there. That's a crazy. You're, an, you're with the elite company right there. Basically, man, and I want to say this. I, I even though you know it wasn't like it wasn't Kareem on the Bucks, but I find it very ironic how Kareem is was the last one to do that. And you know, like the next time it happened was from the Milwaukee Bucks team. And we all know that Kareem was arguably had his best days in in, in Milwaukee. You know what I mean? So yeah. That's very but, that's a very coincidental coincidental thing right there. Yeah, without a doubt. But I have some I have like the, the top five. They said they were the fifth the fifth trio to do it. And I want to read you the other the other four. All right. Just for you know to recap on our basketball history knowledge. But in nineteen sixty two you had Tom Henson with uh, thirty points. You had Sam Jones with twenty six and Bill Russell with twenty six points. So they were the first trio to ever do it in NBA Finals history. And then in 1969, Los Angeles Lakers, Jerry West, Eglin, uh, Eglin uh, Baylor with 32 points, and Johnny Egden with uh, 26 points. And then in 1985, Boston Celtics, Kevin, McH- Kevin McHale with 28 points, Dennis Johnson with 27, Larry Bird, oh, Larry Bird, with 26 points. We love Larry Bird. And, uh, 1985, again, the same year. So, same NBA Finals. It's very ironic. It was, like I said before, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar with 36 points, James Worthy with 33, and Magic Johnson with 26. And then, of course, this year, 2021, Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis Antetokounmpo with 32 points, Chris Middleton with 29, and Drew Holiday with 27. So, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That's some history lesson right there. There it is. We love it. From We love that, Lou. A little history, a little in, in, in the game of basketball, man. We love that. We absolutely love that, man. But, um, yeah, shout out to those three, man, going down in the history books as a top five as well, man. That's and awesome. also, also, if I can add something real quick. This has yeah, nothing to do ahead. with the big three, but this is a little fun fact as well I want to put in, put in there. It says, Giannis and Chris Middleton joined a league company with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade as the only pair of teammates to have – 500 points and 100 assists in a single postseason. Wow. 100 assists. Yeah. That's crazy. Awesome. And we all know how good LeBron James and Dwayne Wade were back in those Miami Heat days. So to see those two in in that company, you know, very, very dangerous. Yeah. That's awesome, though. That is most certainly awesome right there. That's crazy, man. Giannis... Making big, big moves, man, to be, to be called legendary and same. And Chris Milton and and Drew Holiday right there with them, man, right there with them. But, um, Without a doubt. But do you mind if we go on to the next topic that I have for you? Let's do it. All right. So the next one I have is some soccer because you know we gotta dive into some soccer a little bit. We love soccer out here. Um, David, here we go. 
Rafael Varane, the center back or the starting center back for Real Madrid, is very, very close. It's not confirmed, but he's very, very close to signing with Manchester United. Big deal or not a big deal? Um, that's a huge deal because it tells me one thing, that something's going on in the Real Madrid uh, Real Madrid organization because that's a second player, second defenseman leaving your squad. And they're no scrubs, ladies and gentlemen. To play at Real Madrid, you got to play at a high level. We all know that. Yes. And uh, you got Sergio Ramos who left and signed with PSG. And now, like Eric said, you have Rafael Varane close to signing with Manchester United. I mean, I think that's a humongous deal because it's more than just the players signing with this other clubs. I'm looking at Real Madrid. I'm like, how bad is it there that people want to leave? I mean, I guess maybe you get more money or stuff like that. But you know what this reminds me of, the situation in a sense, when you look at the organization? It reminds me of like, the Houston Rockets situation. James Harden wanted to leave Houston. Like, how bad was it there that you want to leave? And I'm looking at the same thing with Real Madrid. I'm like, how bad is it there that you had two of your best, if, if, not, not elite, but very great players, defense, defensemen, leave your squad to go to other teams? I mean, there probably are other reasons re- behind that. I don't want to say that as a sure fact that they left because of the organization's fault, but, I mean, it raises suspicion. I, I definitely do agree in that, in that sense. But I also would like to address this. If Rafael, if a player of Rafael Varane's quality goes to Manchester United, we're looking at a, a very strong team in Manchester United. Now, obviously, they were strong last year, you know, got second place. But um, if they add Rafael Varane to this team, man, let's just think about this starting lineup really quick. If it goes all to plan, right? I'm just going to put them in their normal starting lineup that they did last year, you know. I'm going to put Dean Henderson in net. Okay, we have Aaron Wan-Bissaka at right back, Rafael Varane, and Harry Maguire in the middle. That's a very, very strong center-back pairing. Very strong center-back pairing. And then on the left, you have Luke Shaw, which is another player that's been playing absolutely out of his mind, you know, and he's getting comparisons to Roberto Carlos as well, you know, and that takes a lot to do because Roberto Carlos was a very good player in his own time. But then you look at the midfield, right? And you have Paul Pogba and Scott McTominay sitting sitting right there in front of that in in front of those um those two players right in front of the two center backs right there, two very quality players. Obviously, we know what Pogba can do, and Scott McTominay defensively as well is what is very good as well. And then I would say this: I would say on the right side, you would you would have Jaden Sancho, their new signing, okay, and then on the left you would have Marcus Rashford. Or you oh my. vice versa. You know what I mean? Either Rashford on the, on the right, Sancho on the left. Either way, it works. You know? That's another very big deal right there. And then up, then up, then you obviously, in front of them, at the can position or the number 10 position, you have Bruno Fernandes or Bruno Fernandes, right? And then up top, you have, you have Edison Cavani. And then also, oh not goodness. to mention, you have still the going? bench. What happened? It's still going. I feel like so many superstars on that team. Exactly, and then also off the bench, you have Anthony Martial, who probably wants another uh, wants a chance to prove himself in being a great striker because he used to be at the top level, but you know he's been he's been demoted minutes at, at Manchester United. You have Daniel James, still a very great player and very fast player as well. 
and you have Alex Tellers in the defensive in the defensive end as well to bring on off the off the bench. Stop it! Stop and it! And you have Donny Van de Beek as well. This team Stop is very it. deep. It is Stop very it. very deep, man. Oh, and, but the thing is, the only thing that needs to go down it has to be made sure that Ole um or their their manager I I don't want to pronounce his name wrong. I believe it's Ole Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, right? Um. He has to be able to put this team together in the right way, you know. And this, and if he does, this team is very, very, very dangerous. What do you think about that team, David? Oh my goodness, man, that is absolutely ridiculous team. I mean, when you were listening to superstars, I'm like, is it going to end? Like these guys are all very, very great players, and or some of them have potential to be very great players. Oh my, this is just, it's it's cracked. It's cracked. It's cracked. I mean, Manchester United, I'm going to say this real quick. This is going to be a bold prediction. Everyone remember this, this episode. Manchester United is going to win the Premier League next season. Whoa! I don't care. I don't care who else is really? on. I don't care who else is on in the Premier League. I'm still thinking Manchester United have a very good shot, if not winning the, the, and, the and Premier League. And let me ask you this. Let me ask you this then. With that being said, now you just locked that in. Now, what if, let me just say, what if Man City signed Harry Kane and Jack Grealish? Okay, that's a different story. Exactly. <laughs> that's different. Exactly. But as of right now, on this date, I have Manchester United winning winning the Premier League. Oh, my gosh. That's going to be an interesting match to see. Man United versus Man City, two heavyweights. And I feel like you're also forgetting about Liverpool, man. Liverpool is oh, still a solid oh, team. I didn't forget about them. They're still a solid team. We'll see if they can come back and really perform this season. But um, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. David thinks that Manchester United are going to win the Premier League. But um, David, go ahead and go into your next um big deal, not big deal topic. Eric, that was a good one, man. I, I really like that one. But thank you. Uh, let's get into some hockey, some NHL. Oh, and uh, ladies and gentlemen, for anyone who doesn't know, the NHL has a new expansion team going to hockey and that is called they're called the seattle kraken so it's good to see seattle has one of their own teams now they've been trying to get a basketball team ever since the supersonics but they got a hockey team now so now let's see what happens from that but now big deal not a big deal eric seattle kraken joined the nhl and have an expansion expansion draft on wednesday 8 p.m big deal not a big deal big deal right there um first of all congratulations to like I guess you could say Seattle and also the NHL in ge- the NH um the NHL in general, um for being able to get another expansion to be able to get a expansion team, um and also, um just to expand in the fact of like just making it making the league bigger, you know, the bigger the better, you know what I mean? So overall, just congratulations on that, and also, it's gonna be it's gonna add more excitement to the to the sport, man. It might draw in more fans, um. And the Seattle, the Seattle um, Krakens, correct? Seattle Krakens. Yes, yes. We'll see what they can do, man. Maybe they'll be, maybe they'll win the Stanley Cup, man. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> like the like the Vegas, like the Golden Knights did when they were an expansion team back in yeah. 2017. But you know, it's gonna be interesting. I always get excited about these expansion teams because they're young and you don't expect anything from them. And for like the Golden Knights' perspective, they were a young team. They were expansion team back in 2017, 2018. 
and they won. They won the whole thing, I believe, in 2019, if I'm not mistaken. But it's just good to see. It's it's fun for the sport to see an expansion team go from literally nothing to winning the Stanley Cup. So it's gonna be exciting to see what this team can do. Exactly, it's gonna be very exciting to see what this team could see this see what that team can do. But that was a really good one right there, David. I like Thank that. You. Go Seattle Kraken, man. No, I'm kidding. Islanders all the way. <laughs> but, um, Islanders all the way. Yes, Islanders are gonna win next year. With that being said, man, I do got another um, basketball big deal, not a big deal for you, my, my guy. Are you ready for this one? I want to hear it. I want to hear it. All right, here we go. JaVale McGee and Calden Johnson oh, replace my. Bradley Beal and Kevin Love on Team USA. Oh, big my. deal or not a big deal? Oh, my. What is going on? You got JaVale McGee and Calden Johnson replacing Kevin Love and Bradley Beal? Oh my god, that is that is a that is a huge deal because they went they went to a route. Team USA, Greg Popovich went to another route when they're not even picking superstars anymore. They're picking guys just to com- not even I don't even know if they compliment them because I've never seen them play together. But they're just picking guys that are role players in the sense, or not as superstar level yet. And they're picking guys like that, like good solid players. They're not superstars, but they can still produce a good amount of points. I mean, I don't know. It's too young to say whether they're going to perform well or whether it's going to perform well or not. But I mean, if we're looking at us, we're looking at like the Olympic team as a whole. Like, I mean, I mean, there's other options, guys. I mean, there's other options out there. I mean, could have you could have picked Darren Fox, Julius Randle to pick, to name a few that could have replaced them. But listen, 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 really quick. Do you mind if I interject, please? Yo, man, I couldn't agree with you, boy. When I saw JaVel McGee was getting selected, I was I was shocked. Keldon Johnson, you know, uh, I mean, I was shocked for him too. But at least, you know, like, it is what it is. You know, like, it's Keldon Johnson. He's not a terrible player. Um, and, he's a, and also, I can kind of understand because Greg Popovich is the head coach. And, you know, Keldon Johnson is, is on the Spurs. So, you know, like, you, you can put two and two together. Maybe you wanted him. But also, yeah. JaVel McGee? What? <sighs> like, how does that even make I don't, I don't know, man. I have no idea. But um, I will say this. You had people, like you said, Julius Randle. You could have put Trey Young in there. You could have put De'Aaron Fox in there. You, they were at, they, at first, they were thinking about Duncan Robinson. Even, even if, like, that's not the greatest replacement, there's so many other superstars that, that could have been put in there. And like I'm, I'm blanking right now, but you probably could have put, you could have put so many people in there, man. I, I don't know. I don't know if, if that's the right decision right there. But we'll definitely see. We'll definitely see what happens. Ah oh, man, Javale McGee made it over every Trey Young, Julius Randle, every center you oh. can think of. That's American. Even Rudy Gobert. I don't even think Rudy Gobert should be in the Olympics, but he made but, it over him. Rudy Rudy Gobert, Gobert, I'm sorry, he's French. He's French. Yeah, I'm sorry, French, I'm mistaken. But, but, but like, I don't know, man. I don't know. But maybe they have a strategy that we don't know. Could so, you have put Noel in there, possibly? Uh, maybe. I mean, there's other, I feel like, better centers out there. Definitely. Than, uh, definitely. Northern Noel, but, I mean, maybe they got a strategy that we don't know about. But we'll definitely find out in a couple of days when the Olympics kick off. July definitely. 23rd. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't want to miss it. 
That is crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. But let's go ahead. Um, David, go ahead and go to your next topic, man. Okay, my next one is a little bit of NFL, National Football League. And uh, it's about the GOAT in the QB position. And it is Tom Brady. Big deal, not a big deal. Tom Brady played an entire season with a torn MCL. Big deal, not a big deal. Oh, my gosh, man. I'm going to say it again, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to say it one more time. Tom Brady played an entire season with a torn MCL. And for anyone who doesn't know what a torn MCL is, it's in the knee. And, you know, you have the ACL. MCL is literally right next to the ACL. You got the MCL, you got the MCL, ACL, and LCL. So. It's a bunch of CLs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but, um, oh, my gosh, man. I, I don't understand. I think it, it's a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. It's a big deal. But, um. Tom Brady, bro, what are you on, man? What are you taking? This dude managed to play through an entire season and win a Super Bowl on a torn M- MCL. David, David, do you mind giving everyone that's listening like a description of how bad a torn M- MCL is? It, it's it's bad. It's like it's like it's like an ACL. For, for examples, basically like an ACL, but it's it's serious. I mean, it's not you're gonna you can't really play at your high level when you ha- when you damage something in your knee, especially when you're playing a sport that you're on your feet for. Crazy man, absolutely crazy. It, I don't understand how that even happens. Like, how do are you physically able to move? You know. I mean, Tom Brady when he's in the pocket, he doesn't really run out of it. So, I mean, but at the same time, backing <laughs> up. Backing up in general, backing yeah. up in general should should hurt in like in numerous amounts in like different ways and different ways. So like, I don't understand how he's able to do that. But listen, if it doesn't, if people don't think Tom Brady is a goat, which I find hard to believe, anyone that doesn't believe that, but like you certainly should now. You know, you played an entire season on an MCL, uh, MCL injury. How? Yeah. You no. Know? So, yeah. If I can reiterate on the MCL injury, so. And basically, it's a band of tissue inside of your knee, and uh, it connects your thigh bone to your lower leg. And uh, to overall, to explain it, the MCL basically keeps the knee from bending inward. So crazy, man! Tom Brady is truthfully a goat, the the goat of football, man. He, he truthfully is, man. We'll put him, we'll put him down in history, man. Just the the play on a torn MCL. I mean. I'm going to keep on saying it. I know Tom Brady doesn't run around much. He doesn't move like Lamar Jackson does or Patrick Mahomes. But still, to even be like like hopping on your knee or like, you know, when QBs get out of the pocket, they do a little one-two step and they hop a little bit. Like even yeah. the movement, on your, you're on your feet. It still does some damage to the knees. But, I mean, I just it just adds another another legacy, another another milestone onto Tom Brady's Ageless career because he looks like he's never going to stop anytime soon. Basically, man. Well said, well said. But Tom Brady, if you're listening, as I know you are listening, can you send me your workout program, your nutrition program? Because (laughs) I want to understand how you're playing at this age. You're playing almost 45 years old. I mean, I want to understand this. So, Tom Brady, whenever you're free, you can text me later. I mean, I'm always free, but we'll work something out. He's just a different monster, man. He's a different monster. But, um, David, do you mind if I go into my next big deal or not big deal, man? Let's do it. All right. Well, 
I got some soccer for you again, my guy. Not really. It, this is kind of a lob, you know, like it, it's kind of easy in my opinion. But uh, we'll see what you say. Um, ben White has signed for Arsenal for $50 million from Brighton Hub Albion. Big deal or not, big deal. <laughs> big deal or not, big deal. Uh, I think it's a big deal. Really? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a big deal. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, he's a young player. He's 23 years old. Six foot. He's a defender. I mean, I would like to have him on my team. I mean, I, when you look at it, I mean, $50 million for a young player. It might be a little bit too much. Who knows? But it's hard because it's all about how you develop the player at the end. And if and if that team develops the player like they expect them to do, I think they're going to get a bargain for their money and they're going to have one of the best defenders. But I say it's oh, a big deal. Is that, is that a big prediction right there? Right? No, 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 no prediction. It's Are just you a statement. That ben White's going to be one of the best defenders in, in the world. No, like, no, no, definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm only, I'm only messing with you, man. But that, that there's nothing really much into that. I don't think it's a big deal to be honest. Um, it's a good signing for Arsenal, but like overall, I don't think you have like a humongous impact to the point where Arsenal become like a top six team again. But um, okay, let's go ahead and um, David, go ahead and go into yours, man. Okay. So my next one's a little bit of MLB, a little bit of baseball, ladies and gentlemen. And it was what happened the other day, I believe on Saturday, with the Yankees and the Boston Red Sox. So for anyone who doesn't know, the Yankees were at home in Bronx at Yankee Stadium versus the Red Sox. And uh, let me me get into it. A big deal or not a big deal? A fan, uh, a Yankee fan, was banned banned from 29 MLB parks and Yankee Stadium for hitting the Red Sox player in the back with the baseball. Now, before we get into it, I want to understand because that might seem a little unclear. So basically, for anyone who didn't know what happened, uh, there was a player, this, the, the Red Sox player, I believe is Alex Verdugo, and he is the outfielder. And uh, the fans are right by the home run area. So the, the Red Sox player, Alex Verdugo, gives the ball, tries to give the ball to a Red Sox fan, you know, because that's what they do. You know, baseball players give balls to uh, the fans. So we try to give it to a Red Sox fan, misses it. The Yankees fan gets it, and the Yankees fan throws the ball right back at the guy, in, right at his back. So, yeah, pretty much ridiculous. It's just – can I answer it really quick? Yeah, please. It's a big deal, and I just want to say this from now. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're at, if you're at any sport event, if you're at a big game, a professional game, don't act like this person right here, man. These guys are out here every single time trying to win a championship, if not. And, and also putting putting their bodies on the line. I would say that putting their bodies in, in the line, on the line and at risk, you know, because it's very dangerous here and there. Um, and also giving you entertainment. You know what I mean? Like, for someone, for a fan to just turn around and throw a baseball at someone, like, a baseball isn't a soft object. <laughs> no, definitely not. Like, Come on, like what is what are we doing here? Like you guys, it's just it's absolutely disgusting, man. But um, Dave, you did say that the, the the fan did get banned, correct? Yeah, I mean he got banned from Yankee Stadium and twenty nine other MLB parks. So he's banned right. for life. He's banned for life. He's not allowed to step foot in any of these stadiums. But I mean, to reiterate what Eric just said, 
I mean, how childish do you have to be to throw a baseball back? Like Eric said, they're doing it for your entertainment. They're doing it just to make you guys have a good time. And I feel like, why are you throwing it, man? Why are you throwing the baseball? What are we, five years old? Like, seriously. Yeah, we, I mean, and it just doesn't happen in baseball. We saw it with Kyrie Irving incident. We saw a Trey Young incident with someone spinning on close to Trey Young. We saw Kyrie Irving, th- someone throwing a bottle at his head. I mean, guys, come on. Let's be serious. I mean, and now guess what? Guess what? What? He's banned for the rest of his life for baseball. So, like, was it really worth it? Exactly. It definitely wasn't worth it. Now you can never watch a baseball game in the stands ever again unless you change your identity. But I feel like they would still figure out a way. But it was, it's not – you can't get back in, man. It's just – you ruined your opportunity to ever see it again. So, But, hey, man, that was your decision. It is what it is. But, ladies and gentlemen, basically what we're saying is when you go to your games, you know, you can get hyped. You can do whatever you want. But, like, don't don't threaten the players. Come on. Yeah, definitely. Don't, don't definitely do not. Don't threaten other people either in the stands exactly. just watching the game. But uh, uh, with that with that being said, David, do you mind if I go into my next topic? Let's hear it. All right. This is some basketball again, ladies and gentlemen. Here we go. Ready? Big deal, not big deal. There are certain teams that are interested in your boy, you know, because you are a New York fan, New Orleans Noel. Mm-hmm. Ready? I'm going, I'm going to go ahead and list the teams. Raptors, Kings. Hornets, Nets, and Mavericks. Now, David, first I'm gonna ask you big deal or not big deal, and then afterwards I want I'm gonna um I'm gonna ask you a little bit of a separate question, uh, a question that like goes on to like talk about this topic. But go ahead. It's uh, it's upsetting as a New York Knicks fan, but I'm gonna say it's a big deal because you know we all know how much of a big deal he was to our to our squad during that playoff run, even during the whole regular season. I mean, he was a, he was a rebounder guy. He was the defensive block guy. He was the presence in the paint that pretty much stopped people in their tracks once they got into the paint. So I think it's a huge deal because you're lo- if they lose him, if New York Knicks lose him, which I hope they, not, they don't because he's such a crucial factor to that whole defense and the whole squad. But hopefully they don't do him because he'll be a – if he leaves, he'll be – Terrible for New York Knicks. Because now they got to find a center that can do exactly that job. Well, I mean, Mitchell Robinson can do that job. Yeah. I mean, let's see how... how I mean, and Mr. Robinson's a very injury prone. So, that we'll see true. how long that holds up. That is true. Well, there it is. But Now, David, I have to ask you this question. So, I listed five teams right there. Now, from least to greatest... I want I want you to put in order basically these teams and tell me with adding Nerlens Noel who has a better chance of winning a championship. Now I know like one of them is pretty pretty obvious, but um, the other ones aren't so obvious. So I want I want to see what you say on this. So I'm just gonna go ahead and repeat the teams. Um, it's the Raptors, the Kings, the Hornets, the Nets, and the Mavericks. So from basically five to one. Who has the best championship odds if they add Nerlens Noel to their team? Uh, let me reiterate that. Sorry, Eric, but it was Hornets, Raptors, Kings, Nets. Hornets, Raptors, Kings, Nets, and Mavericks. Mavericks. Okay. So, from my my least the the, the best destination for Nerlens Noel. Well, not well, not necessarily the best destination, but in other words, 
wherever he goes, who has the best opportunity to win a chair as a team, as like as a team, like how yeah. that how does he impact the team? In other words, I mean, so, if he wants to win a championship, sorry to cut you off, but if he wants to win the championship, just go with Brooklyn Nets. I mean, well, yes. So I mean, we all, yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, we all know how much of an impact he has on defense and rebounding, and how much the Brooklyn Nets needed that throughout the whole season, especially in the playoffs. I mean. We were looking at DeAndre, DeAndre Jordan and be like, how is he sitting out? I mean, we need a rebounder or a defensive guy presence in the paint. So if you had New Orleans well, you definitely check off that, that need that the, the Brooklyn Nets needed. But So if, I think Brooklyn Nets is a good, a good option, but let's get – other than Brooklyn Nets, because we know, all know that they're a superstar powerhouse. Yeah. I'm looking so at would, these teams. Yeah, go ahead. You would, you, you would put – sorry to cut you off really quick, but you would put – like, in relate, relating to my question – you would put the Nets at the top of the list to be to become champions if no Noel was yes. not the team. Yes. Out of these five teams, though, obviously. So yes. now I ask you, like, rate those teams, like, rank those teams in um from, like, grades to least, in other words. Okay. So I got Nets at number one. Okay. I'm going to go... Because mm. I feel like when, if Nerlens Noel goes to the Mavericks, I mean, you got Luka, who's been doing Luka things, you know, we all know how Luka is. But you got Krithos Porzingis, who's still on the team. And then you add Nerlens Noel. I don't really know if they make a huge leap, because Nerlens Noel is just defense primarily. We all know that the Mavericks need more than just defense, especially at the center position. But I'm going to say Hornets, number two. Mavs, number three. Raptors, number four. And Kings, number five. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna do it all over again. Nets at one, Hornets at two, Mavericks at three, Raptors at four, and Kings at five. So you one being the, the best yeah. destination. So you said the Hornets are at two. Yeah. Very interesting. Now are you saying that it's the best destination for Nerlens Noel, or are you actually saying that the Hornets will be a better team than the Mavs if Nerlens Noel was to go there? I mean, I'm just looking at. A little bit of both, because I'm looking at both the roster, and I feel like when you look at the Mavericks, you basically just have Luka and sometimes Kryptos Porzingis. I mean, if you add sometimes, Nerl- sometimes. yeah, sometimes is key word. But I feel like if you add Nerlens Noel, it doesn't. It does. It does something great to their defense. But like I said before, they need a, a center or like a power forward that can produce well on defense and on offense. And I feel like Nerlens Noel could do that. You could be your guy, but. He's more of a defensive, rebounded-minded guy. But but the reason why I put Charlotte Hornets as number, at number two is because, I mean, when we look at this, this roster, we got Miles Bridges, Terry Rozier, Malik Bunk, Devontae Graham, P.J. Rob Washington, Gordon Hayward, and don't forget about the, the rookie, the rookie of the year, LaMelo Ball. And if you add New Orleans Noel to that squad, because the center for the, center for the Hornets right now is Cody Zeller. So mm. I feel like if you had New Orleans Noel, they make him a very, very good team, if not a better team. Very true, man. Very true. So I like your logic right there. But there it is, ladies and gentlemen. There's a big deal, not a big deal on New Orleans Noel. But with that being said, David, go ahead and say your next topic. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, this one's baseball again, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's about the New York Mets. And we all know this pitcher is one of the best pitchers in baseball, if not the best pitcher in baseball. And uh, big deal, not a big deal. Jacob DeGrom is out again due to tightness in his right forearm. Big deal, not a big deal. 
Oh my gosh. Now I'm a Yankees fan, ladies and gentlemen, so I'm Loki Loki enjoying it. No, I'm kidding. Let me not say No, that. come on. <laughs> but um what's it called? I'm gonna go ahead and say big deal, obviously, you know, the Grom being as great as he is for um for the Mets. It's gonna be a very tough loss to them. Now, I will say this, I still do think the Mets are a very good team. Um, I think they can somewhat I'm not saying they can but they can somewhat function without him. You know what I mean? And they can still be a very good team. But um, it's going to be rough. You know, it's going to be rough. But I still think the Mets, the Mets still make the playoffs. You know what I mean? I still think they will They will be able to fight through and still make the playoffs. But, David, I, will, I want to ask you this really quick. You know how long he's out for? Uh, they have him on the 10-day uh, injured list. So, oh, okay. hopefully just 10 days. We'll see what happens. But... Uh, uh, so it's not bad at all. It's not bad at all. Then it's not bad. It's just a couple. It's just a couple of days. Now I know it's a couple of days equal a couple of games, but overall, yeah. it's not bad. That's not bad. But it, I will say, as a New York Mets fan, I'm also a New York Yankees fan. But for this for this argument, as a New York Mets fan, it is very frustrating because when you have the best pitcher in baseball or even the best athlete on your team, you want to watch him for entertainment just to see how dominant his performance is. Not even that, but you just want to see them do good because you know that he's playing. You know, when you have a super athlete on your team, like a Kevin Durant or LeBron James, and you want him playing because you know that your team has a good, very good chance of winning when this person's playing, you know? But, yeah. I mean, I'm just going to say this. It's not the first time that DeGrom's been out this year. He's been, I'm not saying very injury-prone, but he's been somewhat injury-prone. He's been out. He was out, uh, he was out on uh, between... April 28th and May 9th with uh, comfort in his right lat muscle. And then he did not pitch until May 25th, spending some time due to right, tightness on his right side. So, And he also left the game June 11th against San Diego for flexor tendonitis in his right arm. So he's been out for a couple, if not a lot of games for this Mets team. And the Mets still, uh, still are on top of the division. So we'll see if that doesn't affect them. I mean, I hope it doesn't. But... For anyone who's like, oh, Jacob DeGrom, like, what's the big deal? He's only one player on the team. Jacob DeGrom is the best player, best, best pitcher in baseball right now. And I'll show you the stats. DeGrom is 7-2, seven and two, so seven wins, two losses, with a major MLB leading 1.08 ERA in the last 15 starts. For anyone who doesn't know, when you, when you only get a 1.08 ERA, absolutely insane. That's like Cy Young numbers. And he's also a two year, two time National League Cy Young winner. So can, can I mean, we also can we just clarify for for everyone here what BRA is actually just to make it, ERA make is earn is a ERA is a earned runs allowed. So there basically, it's one of the most important things that pitchers do because it basically tells them like like uh like say like the score is uh, two nothing. So that means that pitcher allowed two runs. So it adds to their their overall. Like it's not legacy as to their stat line at the end of the day. So exactly. whoever has the lowest number in ERA gets a good shot at winning the Cy Young. It's not always like that, but it's a good chance that you do. And listen, he's no, he's no, he's no slouch. You know what I mean? Like this man is truthfully, he's argue, he's he's just amazing. You know, and he's basically like you said, he's basically the best pitcher in baseball today. So it's a it's a tough loss. It's a tough loss for them to be honest. But I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be okay. I hope they're fine. Yeah, it's going to – but um, do you mind for going to my next topic, my guy? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, 
next one is soccer. A little bit of football. A little bit of football. But um, uh, this one is a rumor. Now, for anyone that doesn't know, in soccer, there's a lot of rumors. You know, a lot, <laughs> a lot. A lot. It's like a high school lunch table. It literally, it's it's just a bunch of like a bunch of people gossiping, basically. You know, so a lot of rumors here, a lot of rumors there. But I'm gonna go ahead. When I say rumor, ladies and gentlemen, in other words, this is not guaranteed whatsoever. Um, however, you know, it's still, it's up in the air. You know, it's possible that it's true, it's possible that it's not. But, you know, me and David, like, give you all the information possible that we know. So, there, with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and give you guys a rumor. Um, it's rumored that there's a possible, ready for this, David? Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. There's a possible swap deal between Dort- Borussia Dortmund and Chelsea. Ladies and gentlemen, and that swap deal is Erling Braut Holland for Tammy Abraham. And obviously, Chelsea would be paying a couple extra euros, um, a couple extra million euros to get um, to like match the deal. But, David, is that a big deal or not a big deal? <laughs> oh, my. Chelsea, oh, my God. Chelsea, they're going to get. Holland? I mean, I know it's a rumor, but oh my goodness. Oh no. If anyone doesn't know who Erling Holland is, I mean, you gotta search up the Highly video on YouTube. Because this guy's absolutely, he's like the Kawhi Leonard. He's a robot. He's a robot, this guy. Oh my I mean, gosh. He's to another dimension. I mean, he might be, in a couple of years, he might be one of the players that we look at as the best, one of the best strikers in, in the, in the, in the, all of soccer, but I think if Chelsea pulls this off, I think Chelsea – I know I said Man United's winning the PL, the Premier League, but I don't know. That might change because Chelsea looks pretty pretty good right now if they oh, get Holland. My. But, oh, my goodness, that would be insane. That would be so unfair. <laughs> it would be that unfair, be but it's so – it would be so good for anyone who's a Chelsea fan or even for the organization. Now, ladies and just remind you, that is a rumor, but um, listen – that would be insane. Coming off of a, of the Champions League win as well, you know, it would be very insane for them. Very awesome for them. Great signing. But, um, David, we have our first audio message of the night, man. We love it. Let's hear it. All right. Here we go. This one is from Mick. Here, here is Mick. Shout out to you, man. Thank you for popping out. And use your audio message, man. Here you go. I think that if you were... Hold on. If you were to look at it like... All right, wait. If you were to like take it from like outside the box and look inside the box, you would definitely see that it would be something that you could definitely take into account. Um, but yeah, honestly, like all in all, I would say that that's probably something that, um, regardless of the situation. <laughs> uh, I think you just messing around with us. But well, anyway, yeah. Anyway, you know, shout out, shout out to uh, Mick, man. Thanks for listening to us, at least. But uh, yeah. But uh, uh, without would that be... yeah, go ahead, David. Go ahead. Without further ado, let's get into. I got a couple more, a couple more. Uh, if not, I think this is my last one, or maybe another one. But my big deal, not a big deal topics, and uh, it's very interesting because this is about the Olympics, the Tokyo. Olympics 2021 Olympics and uh I want to ask you some questions Eric and uh big deal not a big deal the Olympics 
2021 athlete to watch. I'm sorry, oh. David. It just kicked me out. I'm sorry. What? Really? Yeah, my bad. I'm back now. I didn't hear what you said, though. You said big deal, not a big deal what? Uh, your your voice sounds good now. Your voice is sounding back to Wait, normal, though. Wait, please tell me I don't have – oh, my God. Tell me I don't have to speak in that low voice anymore. No, you're good. Oh, thank God. <laughs> oh, ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea how long it's been. Uh, look, ready, ready? I've been talking like this for the entire time. Like, I sound like freaking <laughs> – like stuff like superhero. It's so annoying. Uh, do I wait? Do I sound good still? Yes. Now from my end, like apparently for everybody else, you sounded normal, but on my end, you sounded so deep, so it made me have to sound deep, deep as well. <laughs> oh my god! No idea. Uh, oh, it's a relief. That's awesome. But uh, now that we got that all handled, uh, the 2021 Olympic athlete to watch. Uh, it's not really a big deal or not a big deal topic because there's nothing to argue, big deal or not a big deal. But I just want to know, who is your 2021 Olympic athlete to watch in these Olympic Games this year? Oh, my gosh. Dave, I feel like you already know what I'm going to say, man. I know what you're going to say, but... Dude, I'm such... I don't know too much about her, but I know that she's a beast. I know she's amazing. And I feel like this is not really, like, a shocker for anybody. You know, I feel like everyone's going to be watching her. But Simone Biles is a is different gravy, man. She this this girl is literally a, like amazing. She's arguably, in my opinion, I I think she's literally one of the greatest athletes of all time. I'm not even kidding. I'm gonna say it. Like she is crazy at what she does. Crazy. There's no one near her. Nobody near her, man. It's absolutely insane what she can do. So. If you're just tuning, if this is going to be like your first Olympic, if this is going to be your first time watching the Olympics or anything like that, I'm going to say, man, tune into Simone Biles. For anyone that doesn't, for anyone that doesn't know, she does gymnastics. Um, she's insane at what she does. She's so good that she has a new a, a, a move named after her that she's the only one that can do. She could, she could, she's, <laughs> she's the only person that can do it in the world. Pretty you know much. Like, just recognize how great this girl is. She, she's insane. Insane. So... That would be my athlete to watch, Simone Biles. I mean, I don't have to agree with you because we all know what she's done in the past. And like you said, she's got to move. A, basically, a, the only thing that she can do, it's named after her, and the only thing that no one else can do it except for her. I mean, this is absolutely insane. And uh, we just got to respect the, the athlete that she has become. And, I mean, it's going to be something. It's going to be something. I'm, just cut it short. It's going to be very entertaining to watch her in the Olympic Games because I've been waiting five years patiently for another Olympic Games, and it's going to be exciting to see that the gym- gymnastic teams USA is going to take that take that gold medal. Basically, man, basically. But but before right. before we move on to this is my last one, and it's like a, it's also about the Olympics, and uh, it's about uh, the question is what is. What is your sport to watch in these uh, 2021 uh, Tokyo Olympics? Come on, what is now. your sport to watch? There are, I believe, 30, 33, 33 different sports that are, that are done during the Olympics. But what's your sport to watch for anyone listening or even for you, entertainment factor? Ladies and gentlemen, the sport to watch is track and field. Come on now. Come on now. We, 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 we should know this stuff. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm being a little bit biased because, you know, me and David did track when we were in, um, <laughs> when we were in high school. 
But um, what's it called? Track and track and field is one of the highlights of the Olympics. I feel as if because um, I don't think professional like track there there are professional track like pe- like I would you call them like players or runners? I, I would call them run- I'm gonna call them runners. But they're professional track runners that it doesn't really get aired on live television a lot, you know, like it doesn't get really get that much credibility. But I feel like track is a lot a very known for um for the Olympics because that's the time where everyone tunes in, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say that the sport to watch is most definitely track. But overall, there is so many sports to watch because another sport that I want to mention that we should watch is diving and swimming. Okay, and there's a reason behind this. I, I saw the other day, I don't know if this is correct, ladies and gentlemen, but I don't know if this boy is competing in the Olympics as well. But there is a round, I, I, I forgot his age. I want to say he was either 13 or 15 years old. There was either a 13 or a 15 year old that was that was professionally, like, com- competitively diving. As a, as a, in other words, as a minor, okay? He's not even, he's not even an adult. <laughs> Okay, and he was—he can't so, even drive. He can't even drive to the what, event. There's, there's levels to that. You know what I mean? Like he can't even, drive. dude. I, I don't understand. Like, they, they, I don't know what they're feeding these kids. But in other words, this kid has broken onto the scene at such a young age. So I would want—I don't know if he's competing in the Olympics, but if he is, that's a person to watch. And also, um, I want to say swimming because it was a—it was a girl that was another minor. That set that that got first place in a swimming event against a bunch of adults, experienced women, and she won the event. I was shocked out of my my mind. I was so shocked. I was like, "How is this possible?" So I would say, I would say those are another two sports to watch. But the main one is track, though. I would say the main one is track. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I agree. I agree with the track. The track ones. Definitely something to watch because there are different events. Like there's a 400, there's a 200, there's a 100 meter. There's even a mile, you know, two miles, uh, decathlon, all these different uh, different uh, events in one, one category. So that's definitely one thing to watch. But also I like the swimming one too, like Eric said, because you got an American that we all are rooting for. And come on now. Ka- Katie Ledecky. I mean, come on. I mean, just look at her stats. I mean, she's been – Absolutely insane. She won gold medals. Like, it's insane. Insane. But uh, another person to watch. But, Eric, real quick. I know I've been taking up too much time, but I have one more real quick thing I just thought about. Take your time, man. You have to give a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting, hard sports that these athletes perform at a high level at. Now, what's your hardest sport out of all these, all of the, out of this list? What's oh, the hardest sport? Oh, gosh. It's really hard, but. Wait, What's out your of hardest the entire sport? Olympics. Out of the entire, not the winter one, but just the just the summer Olympics. Come on, that that's like the hardest question ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Oh my gosh, I gotta think. Um, on the spot, on the spot, on the spot. All right, right off the bat. Why? Where I try to? Why try to like? When I when I think of the hardest sport, I think of something that like a normal person that does that's not athletic in any type of way and doesn't do sports could just pick up and do, you know. And if you mm-hmm. can't pick up and do that, you know, it, it like it defines it as hard. And also, I I think of the skill level as well. With that being said, I think the hardest sport to do 
in the Olympics. Uh, it's gonna be, I feel like it's going to be controversial. But I'm going to say oh. gymnastics. No, that's not controversial at all because that takes a lot of work. A lot of you see how 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 jacked these uh these gymnastic these gymnasts are. Yeah, they got muscles over muscles. I mean, it's all body weight stuff and just absolutely insane. But I agree with that. I I can agree with that. But uh, if I can if I can inter- interject real quick, I have yeah, one. Yeah, go ahead. And I, I I really like this sport. Can't really play it that well. And uh, it's water polo. I think that sport is so tough, man. You're in the water mm-hmm. and you have to throw the ball. It's different components to that, that whole thing. But I'm going to go with water polo just because you're in the water and your objective is not just swimming and treading and tackling other guys in the water and not drowning. <laughs> but Back. you have to score. And you got to score and take the ball. It's like handball in the water. So I think water polo is a big one. Water polo is, is very fun to play, though. I'll tell you that much. It is. It is. It's very fun to play. Very fun to play. But um, at a professional level, I would never survive. I'm sorry. Yeah. I would, I would never. Those guys are different monsters. You know, it, it's fun. Eric, you know, it's fun playing water polo when, when our feet is, like, touching the ground and playing the three-foot area. Right. These guys, yeah. are playing, these guys are playing in the 12-foot area. They're, like, they're treading. They can't even touch the water, touch the ground. How do you even take a break? Like, you, oh, my goodness. It's constant insane. work. Constant insane. Work. But with that being said, David, I think it's time that we ought to move on to our last topic for the show, man. What do you say? Let's do it. I say let's do it. All right, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you know what time it is. If you can, share the show to everybody that you know, man, because this is the best segment of the show. This is the GOAT of the week, ladies and gentlemen. And it's it's going to be very intense. I mean, maybe not that intense being the fact that, um, you know, it's only two teams. But um, <laughs> it's, usually, it's usually intense. It's usually heated. But, um, David, why don't you go ahead and explain to everybody what the goal of the week is? That sounds good. So, basically, anyone who's been with us for a long time or anyone who's new, basically me and Eric do this segment called Go to the Week. And it's basically just a fun little spinoff of the best player of the week. But we call it the Go to the Week. And, uh, basically, on our Monday podcast, we go over the games that happen on – Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. But since there's only been one game, we're only going to go over that one game. And then on our Thursday podcast, we go over the games. We look at the games that happen on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So since it was Monday, since it's our Monday podcast, we look at the games that happen on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And since there is one game, we looked at that one game. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, when we look at these games, we don't just look at points. We don't look at uh, how many minutes they played. No, no, we don't look at rebounds only. We look at the 10th percentage of a free throw, 10th percentage of a field goal, three-point percentage. We look at blocks, steals, turnovers, fouls, anything that you can think of, we look at it. And basically, we look at the individual performance. And uh, there's so many other factors that are coincide with, with our overall opinion. But after we look at the best players that played in this, in this NBA Finals or in, this, in Game 5, we make an overall opinion and we make a top five. And uh, out of the, the first one out of the top five is considered our go to the week. And uh, I do not want to confuse people. The go to the week does not mean the greatest of all time. No, it's definitely not. It just means the best player of that week. It's a fun little spinoff that me and Eric do, so we call it the go to the week. That was well said, David. Perfectly said. And I love reiterating this part. Just remember, guys, this is not the greatest of all time. This is the greatest of all time of this week. Okay. <laughs> I do not want to hear comparisons of Michael Jordan and Pat Connington, okay? <laughs> no. Definitely not. That's not the case. But 
With that being said, I'm going to go ahead and dive into it. David, do I go first this week? I believe you do, if I'm being honest. Wait, I wait a minute. Actually, I think you might go first. I'm not no, going. I think I go first. I think I go first. Yeah, I think you do go yep. first. Yep, I go first. But All right. Go ahead and take it, take it away, man. Let's do it. So, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into my top five, I do have some honorable mentions because these guys, unfortunately, cannot make my top five, but they did well enough to be mentioned and be known for it. And I'm going to go with Mikel Bridges from the Phoenix Suns. He had 13 points. Uh, I'm going to go with DeAndre Aiden from the Phoenix Suns. He had 20 points, 10 rebounds, double-double. And I'm going to go Pat Covington with the Milwaukee Bucks with 14 points and shot four for six and three with 66%. So uh, those guys, my honorable mentions, unfortunately, they cannot make my top five, but they had to be mentioned. And uh, so let's get into this top five. And at number five, I have the player who had 15 turnovers in the last three games before this one, CP3. CP3 did not have five turnovers in this game, but he only had one turnover, which is absolutely insane. And he had 21 points, 11 assists, two rebounds, and shot three for three from three. <laughs> three for three from three. <laughs> Sorry, I chugged a little bit. But that's 100 That's 100%. And uh, he shot 60% from the field. I mean, awesome numbers for him. And, and, one, and he also had one block, excuse me. So it was an amazing game for him. You're number five. Unfortunately, you cannot get higher than that. But that's a great game for you. Bounce back performance. But congratulations, CP3, you're at number five. Now at number four, I have the Milwaukee Buck. Well, Eric calls him a little inconsistent. I sometimes do too. And it's Chris Milton. Chris Milton did very well. He had 29 points, seven rebounds, five assists, and – Four turnovers, which is a little high, I mean, especially when you're not the ball handler. But you forgive him when he's dropping you 50%. He is 52% from the field and uh, three for eight from three. I mean, he had 29 points. I can't say much. That's pretty good. That's very good numbers. So, Chris Middleton, you're at number four. Number three. Now, this is, started, this is where it got a little tricky, ladies and gentlemen. This is uh, – I didn't know where to put them, but then I looked deeper into the stats. This is why we look deeper into these stats because you break down every single part of the game. And uh, number three. It might surprise some people, but I had the Milwaukee Buck, Giannis onto the Kumbo. Giannis had 32 points, nine rebounds, and six assists. No steals, no no blocks, no turnovers, which is great. No turnovers, but he shot 60% from the field. He shot 0 for one from three. We're not expecting him to hit three pointers, but he shot four for 11 from the free throw. 36%. Giannis, Chris Milton shot better from three than you. I just that's that's not really acceptable. I know we, I know you've been doing it all postseason, but. You've got to fix that. But overall, in a fantastic game for fantastic game for Giannis. And uh, that's why you're number three. But unfortunately, you cannot get higher because these two, I think, did very well, if not phenomenal. And uh, number two, I got to go with the Phoenix Sun, who dropped back-to-back 40-point game, lost back-to-back 40-point uh, games when they both lost. And it was Devin Booker. Devin Booker had 40 points. Four rebounds, three steals, and three assists, sorry, two steals, one block, and only one two turnovers, which is awesome. And he shot fifty percent from three, and he shot fifty-one percent from the field. So I mean, and four for five from the free throw, which is eighty percent. So I mean, whenever someone scores forty plus points, I mean, it has to be looked at highly. And not only did did stop there, he got defense to back it up, two steals, one block, and he did some assist and rebounding column, and he shot effective efficiently from the field. So that's why Devin Booker, you were at number two. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into my number one, my go to the week for this week on episode six of DNA Takeover. And uh, this player did very well, very, very well. And uh, 
I think we all know where I'm going with this because uh, because he's the last person on the list that had a very, very well game, if not significant well game. And he was – before I give stuff away, Eric, cue that drum roll, please. He was the X Factor of this game five. Drew Holiday, Milwaukee Buck, Drew Holiday. Congratulations. You are the GOAT of the week. And uh, this is why. You had 27 points. You had three steals, one block, only two turnovers. And you had 13 assists. Like I said before when I was going over the stats, ladies and gentlemen, 13 divided by two, 6.5 assists per turnover. I mean, that ratio is absolutely impeccable, absolutely awesome. And uh, he didn't stop there because he had 27 points, three steals, one block, two, only two turnovers, 13 assists, four rebounds, and he shot 50% from three, which is three for six. And he shot 60% from the field, 12 for 20. I mean, does it get better than that? I mean, maybe, but not in this game because he was actually, he was doing amazing and led that team to a victory and considered the X factor. So congratulations, Drew Holiday. You are a second timer on my go to the week. So congratulations. I know this is a true honor besides winning that game five. So congrats. Well, there it is. Um, I I don't disagree with your list, man. I don't think you're, I don't disagree with huh? your list. Now, I do got to read mine, which is a little bit unfortunate because you know that means that we didn't agree on everything. But um, <laughs> what's it called? I'm gonna go ahead and read mine, man. With that being said, I do got a couple honorable mentions. But um, let's go ahead and go right into it, man. Here we go. In the honorable mentions, I got three of them. Right, I got. Pat Connington of the Milwaukee Bucks, Mikel Bridges of the Phoenix Suns, and I also have, oh, this one's a little bit different than David's list, I know, I know, but I have Chris Milton of the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, I know he had a great game and all, um, but I have, him in, I have him in the album mentions. Now, let's go ahead and go into the top five. At number five, I have the Phoenix Sun, DeAndre Aiton. Now, um, DeAndre Aiton had a very good game overall. Um, even, despite the loss, he had a 20-point double-double, 20 points, 10 rebounds, one assist, one, one steal, and two blocks with only two turnovers. So, he had a great offensive and defensive game. Shot 7 for 12 from the field. Made all of his free throws as well. Um, great game for a big man. Did everything that they could have possibly asked for. Congrats to DeAndre Aiton. He gets the number 5 position. At number 4, we do have another Phoenix Sun in CP3. CP3 also had a great game as well. Unfortunately, getting the L um, or taking the L. He had 21 points, 11 assists, two rebounds, and one block, which is a little bit surprising in CP3 stats. Um, and also, he only had one turnover, so he's not posting those Luka numbers anymore. He's, the, he's actually keeping the turnover ratio down. Um, 11, to, 11 to 1, which is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And he shot 9 for 15 from the field. Like David said before, he shot 100% from the three-point line, which is absolutely insane. Um, great numbers from CP3, and he gets the number four position. But at the number three position, you know, David, earlier you said this was a little bit shocking. But I don't think this is shocking at all. I think this is a really good place to put this man. And that is the Greek freak Giannis Antetokounmpo. I have him at number three as well. He had 32 points, nine rebounds, six assists, 14 for 23 from the field. The only issue is at that free throw. That free throw ratio is ugly. Now, I think David, honestly, wait, David, really quick, I want to ask, want to ask your opinion before I finish this really quick. 
I feel as if for next season, Giannis is going to be able is going to shoot under fifty percent every single time he's away from Milwaukee. I think <laughs> everybody in the stadiums are gonna be like one, two, three, four. You know what I mean? And they're gonna count. Yeah. And that's gonna mess him up. And I don't think and it's really hard for someone to handle that unless he changes his free throw um routine. But other than that, I just want to put that out there really quick. I think Giannis is really gonna shoot fifty percent on. Under fifty percent every single time he's away, it's gonna be awesome. <laughs> he might become a worse free throw shooter than Shaq. It's actually. But what, what is he doing at home? He listen. He, he could grind all he wants, but if so, if if over like a thousand people are screaming at you, like counting as fast as you can, and he's counting in his head to make sure that like he's not going over the time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like when people count faster, it's gonna make him rush through it and everything, and it messes up his entire thing. So really, yeah. I think he needs to change his like free throw routine as a whole. But I just want to drop that in there really quick, you know. I mean, yeah, it's true. I mean, he's taking too long in his free throws, and you know, you know, when you whenever you get that feeling when you're counting something in your head, and and someone just starts counting and messing you up, you're like, come on, man! I feel like this is exactly what's going on. So yeah, like, good point. Like in other in other words, like you could be like counting to ten, and someone's like 20, 15, 30, 17, 30. two, five, seven, yeah. five. <laughs> It's like, come on, man. <laughs> oh, my God. I Trying to do my that. math homework over here. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, man. Well, let me go to the number two position. At the number two position, we have the man, um, the Kobe-esque player. You know, I love calling him that. Devin Booker. I want to say this from now. I think he should win scoring champ next season. But this man dropped another 40-point game. I mean, what else could you ask for him, man? 40 points with 17 for 33 shooting. He's efficient. He's efficiently dropping you 40 points. This guy's insane. He's literally insane. He shot 50% from the three-point line as well. Only missed one free throw. Had four rebounds, three assists, two steals, and one block. Now, obviously, he's not doing big in the rebound and assist column, but he's dropping you 40 points. That's why he's not doing that big in that column. So it's crazy to me. How they still lose this game, man. Devin Booker put on a great performance. Other than that last possession, obviously, you know, when he choked. But unfortunate, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunate for that right there. But um, there it is on the number on the number two position. But at the number one, ladies and gentlemen, we have on my goal of the week, we have a three-timer. This is his third time. He's joining company, he's joining certain company with being three times on goal of the week, you know. And um with that being without further with without further ado, my number one goat of the week is Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks. There's no if, ands, or buts about it, in my opinion. Um, Drew Holiday obviously being the fact that his team got the win and he had the key steal to to, to secure the W for them. And also his stat line was absolutely great as well. Twelve for twenty from the field. Is that is that are you sure that's Drew Holiday? Like I don't know if that's actually the real Drew Holiday right there. Uh, it might be a clone. I don't know because that's not normal Drew Holiday numbers, but twelve for twenty from the field, three for six from the three point line. Dude was shooting lights out basically. He had thirteen assists with twenty seven points. Jeez. Jeez, my guy. Only two turnovers, four rebounds, three steals and one block. This dude is such a complete player, man. He's an awesome NBA player, man. Awesome NBA player. Shout out to Drew Holiday. He does everything well on the court, man. And that is my goal of the week, ladies and gentlemen. David, Makes sense. I mean, I agree with it. I mean, 
to reiterate what just happened, we almost agreed on everything. Just, I mean, you put Chris Middleton instead of DeAndre Aiden in, in the in the honorable mentions, and you put CP3 at four and Aiden at five. So we switch up four and five, and we put Chris Middleton and Aiden. We switch that up. Then we have the same exact one. But unfortunately, we could not get that done. But you know what? I, I don't disagree with your list either. I can see both ways. And uh, that's it. There it is, ladies and gentlemen. Well, with that being said, that wraps up a very weird and funny and um, <laughs> crazy episode, episode six of D&D Takeover, man. Oh, my gosh. I swear, I, I feel as if these last couple episodes, we just we just keep getting, like, some weird interruption. You know what I mean? You know, crazy. all we got to say is that we do it on purpose to bring comedy entertainment factor. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's totally, it's totally not uncalled for, ladies and gentlemen. We do it for fun, you know. Yeah, <laughs> we called, we called stereo. We called stereo yeah. totally to mess up my audio. That's what we did. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, I, I want to talk. I want to talk. I wanted to do my Matumbo impression. That's why, you know. I, I oh yeah. To do the rest of the show. That's why I did that. So, <laughs> but um, with with that being said, man, David, go ahead and wrap us up, and then I'll like like wrap it up after that, and then we'll be done. All right, sounds good. I just want to say thank you to everyone who took the time out of the day just to listen to us. You know, we appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome as always. But uh, if you have not given us a follow on the Stereo app, you can click our faces right there and it'll lead you to us. And click that follow button because you'd be muchly appreciated. And also just subscribe to the show because you don't want to miss out on the good stuff that DNA Takeover is doing. And uh, also, if you want to get to get live updates on our shows or even see our posts and see what we're doing. On social media, you can check us out on Instagram, and the tag is official underscore de underscore takeover. I will say it again one more time: official underscore de underscore takeover. Just like I said it, you once you type that in, in the search bar, you click it, and then you click that nice follow button. Be muchly appreciated. Much, I said muchly appreciated. Okay, made no sense. It will be much appreciated. Uh, and uh, also, if you missed your episode. If you missed your episode of DNA Takeover, I know you guys want to watch it so badly. And if you miss it, you can check it out on Spotify. Because guess what? We're on Spotify now. So if you miss it, don't worry. Just click that. If you have Spotify, you can click, type in DNA Takeover, give us a follow on Spotify, and you can listen to all of our shows that when we upload them. And uh, also, but if you want to hear us live, you can see us again on the stereo app uh, on Thursday, 7 p.m. So, uh, don't be late. You guys want to hear our go to the weeks, our amazing content, our big deal, not a big deal topics, and uh, see what happens, man. Hope we see you guys there. Well, with that being well said, David, man, and with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, oh my gosh, I just want to say thank you, everyone, for tuning in tonight. Episode six in the books, a funny episode in the books. And, uh, <laughs> it's been your boy, Easy E, and it's also been. Your boy, the Oracle, D-Rado9. Let's check it off, man. There it is. Episode 6 in the books, baby. DD Takeover. We take it over, ladies and gentlemen. But with that being said, we hope you all have a great night. And enjoy the rest of the night, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Deuces. Peace. Peace. All right. Peace out.